everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how you can become unfireable as CRO, RevOps, or Revenue Leader. Enjoy. It's so funny. Have you seen, uh, you've seen King's Speech, right? What? <laughs> Have you seen King's Speech? I mean, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Sometimes I feel like you and I were in the end scene and I'm just trying to get you to, you know, complete the next sentence. And I was just like, come on, come on, one more. You can do it. Oh, am I the king? Yeah, yeah. In this, in this oh. case, the one with I the mean, speech defect. Why, why would there be a question? <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Come on. It's Monday. What we're going to do, do this do, thing. Uh, last weekend? I slept like a baby and the thing is you know i woke up every two hours crying <laughs> the thing is that ever since i've become a grown-up and oh, i have oh. too much alcohol since when is that and then I, yeah yeah true and i go to bed and sleep i have a terrible night's sleep for some reason yeah this is just and it used, didn't used to be a thing now it's just you know you wake up 3 a.m just can't fall asleep again yeah so we had a Groblox summer party on friday yes right which is obviously the right time to do it because it's Friday and then Saturday is kind of a scramble. <laughs> but the thing is for us, I mean, I had to get up at seven o'clock on the Friday. Um, we had two birthday parties to attend to. Not our own. It's like, you know. What do you mean Saturday? Uh, well, Saturday and then another one on Sunday. So both of my parents-in-law, boom, birthday. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so this was fun. That's why he didn't slack me that much. Okay, yeah. cool. He's yeah. <laughs> busy running around with the kids like, no, don't touch this. Don't touch this either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is good. No, no. Um, I mean, it's an easy segue. It's a total layup because I was worried you didn't slack me. Am I fireable? And today we're going to talk about how to become unfireable. Just slack more with the CEO. Yeah, exactly. The more you slack, there's a slack CEO ratio. You yeah. want to have. You want to be on the green side of that. <laughs> yeah. Whichever. We're not going to tell you in this episode, how, you know, where on the curve that is. But, uh, you know, I guess that's the dream for a lot of people, especially after the couple of rough years we've been through. Um, and uh, really, my reflection going into this episode, well, in this climate we've been in, who usually actually gets dropped? Yeah. I think it's, if, if not the CEO, by the way, which mm -hmm. could also be, I think it's probably going to be your commercial leadership most of the time. And that could be the CRO, could be the CMO, could be the VP of sales. Uh, I think if if you're not proven enough and if you're maybe too expensive, it could be your, your VP of revenue operations and so forth. I think there's uh, you know all of those options on the table. And the reason is product and engineering, they're still building product like they did you know, in the good days. Yeah. They're still kind of doing the same thing and they're going to complain about, oh, we don't, you know, where are my resources? But uh, the the other side of the building, revenue, so to speak, they're not, they're not hitting the tides as they used to. Mm. Uh, and therefore, they're going to be much more vulnerable um, to someone saying like, hey, maybe this is just not, just not the right leadership. We tried all of these things and, you know, the market should be coming back. The NASDAQ is going up. Where are all those buyers? <laughs> it must be leadership. G2 crowd said it's going better. Yeah. And, and yeah. then boom, yeah. uh, leadership out. Um, and I think that's that's a probably pretty universal problem, actually. So and even even before even before the slump, you had uh, CRO and CMO tenures decline uh, mm. by quite a bit. And um, yeah, I think today we're going to talk about how to, how to try and uh, stay unfireable. Do you think companies have become a bit impatient? Like just 
a side tangent on the tenures? I think they have become impatient. And they have become impatient because of uh, the crazy funding rounds and therefore also multiples and therefore then also expectations that have been out there. Mm. And uh, yes, some CFOs, some CEOs uh, sold really, really big plans um, going from 10 to 30 in a year or whatever it might be. And um, then it didn't happen. And the reason why it didn't happen obviously was commercial leadership. Yeah. <clears throat> Because it can't be the CEO or the CFO who kind of built the plan or the, have that ambition to begin with. Um, but also to be to be clear, you wouldn't have captured those 30, 40, 50, 60 million in venture capital without putting forward such an aggressive plan. Yeah. It just doesn't work like this. But uh, where it then gets squeezed is going to be in the commercial leadership. Now, you could argue with some of those round sizes coming down, with some of those multiples coming down, with some of those expectations now coming down, there is a little bit of more patience potentially mm. uh, going to happen real soon. And um, I think as an overall outcome of that depression of funding, companies will simply grow slower. Mm. That will just be an, an automatic outcome if you have less capital to deploy in order to grow, in order to build product, whatever you want to do. I think an automatic outcome will be those companies will grow a little bit slower and, and therefore reinforcing those multiples that they got to begin with anyway. And I think we saw the first the first stats coming in where we see back companies drop from 45% growth to 35% growth. I think uh, some folks around Ray Reich uh, raised that data. I kind of yeah. forgot who specifically. But basically kind of coming down 10 points is quite a quite a lot, actually. Uh, and specifically the VC-backed ones, right? Not not the other ones. Mm. So before, I mean, we've we've obviously lined up some tips for how to become unfireable. But actually, also just before we head into the, the practical stuff, one more question for you. Do you see that there are some roles? Uh -oh. oh Do you see that there are some? We didn't prep this, by the way. But do you see that there are some roles that are a bit more vulnerable, actually? And uh, I, I just think it's going to be important as we head into the solution mode. Um, then maybe we carry that into the mix as well. Yeah, I think I think everything that smells like luxury is more vulnerable now than it was two years ago. Um, and the way you measure luxury is uh, distance to revenue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and if you're a podcast host, <laughs> Nickel... <laughs> You hey, can, my Slack CEO ratio is great. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can measure the distance to revenue yourself. Yeah. Um, but I think that's generally is a thing. Um, there was a big hype around community. Yeah, people don't have community folks anymore on their payroll. Um, there was a, a you know all kinds of hypes going on, and I think the the farther you are away from uh, from direct revenue impact, either by way of you being able to prove it because you bring in the signature, and then I mean that's mm. easy or by way of attribution, which is, you know, less so easy, um, or by way of you arguing that you do, you know, if, if, if you can't do any of these things convincingly, if there ever is a question, yeah, um, I think, I think you're going to be, uh, it's going to be more difficult for you. Um, and I think, you know, if, if you go through the whole thing, it's sales folks by themselves, they will kind of sit around and be like, hey, you know, I bring in the signatures, so yeah. I, have, I have something to do with revenue. And it's less so a question around the role, it's just uh, that the person and do we need so many of them? Yeah. And I think as you go into the marketing team, you will have people being called performance marketing. They will likely be very close to revenue because you have basically kind of the uh, the demand capture going on in those yeah. channels. And then you have people that um, are, you know, roles that are further away from that. And then it's like 
more and more people will probably ask on bottoms like, do we really need this role? Do we really need two or three of those? And, yeah, and, and so forth. I think that's um, that's certainly a thing. And then, um, so this is on the you know the role level. And then I think I think CS is as as it is in good times, also in bad times, it's going to be fairly stable mm. uh, because there's just clear expectations. Hey, there's stuff that we need to deliver to our customers. We need those CX folks to do it. So we won't really get away without, you know, doing any of that stuff, right? Mm. And and I think if anything, you will have some more squeezing happening on, uh, you know, on all roles, but probably specifically CS. And then you will have a lot of more folks defaulting back to firefighting, being reactive, backward looking, yeah. and so forth, right? You will have all of that stuff happening again. Mm. I think that's 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 I think how the 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 cookie will crumble. <laughs> so. We've prepared something that's not, you're not going to necessarily find this as usual in a blog post somewhere. This is um, kind of a different approach, but just to position it as a different approach, let's just quickly hop to what are like the table stakes for you to at least be ready to become unfireable. And then we head into the good stuff. Well, the, the, the question of you getting fired never comes up if you hit your targets. Yeah. So if, if that's happening... Yeah. <laughs> High five, Congrats. no problem. Yeah. The the problem arises when when you aren't hitting target, which will be you know happening a bunch of times, right? And I think then there's, you know, you could say almost on the table stakes side, uh, kind of this culture fit, yeah, this culture fit thing. But I I I I don't think that this will be. Um, we we won't be able to coach you out of that. No, it's also going to be like, hey, Tony, you've been with us for two years. We just realized yesterday you are not a culture fit. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh. yeah. So no, I, I think I think that's that's pretty straightforward. I think let's let's dive into let's do uh, you know what you should what we think you should be doing, mm-hmm. aka also what um, I've been doing, and actually kind of when I when I discuss it with some some of the CEO calls I have, like it's it's what a couple of people are actually also doing. So mm-hmm. I can really recommend this actually. Yeah. Um, so it really breaks down into three different areas that you you should have a pulse on day. Mm. And it's really it's really important to be able to look at some of that stuff in a in a daily cadence um because it's it it helps you also drive the organization behind it, right? So um ideally, uh, if you can, you should be trying to look at things that, uh, might move daily and you have a target for daily, right? So that's why kind of that cadence is pretty important. However, the way you look at this differs quite a lot, right? So let's go into the first one. And really the first one is surprise this quarter. Mm. Yeah. You need to try and understand and see what is it you could be doing to improve the result of this quarter. And if you're a CEO of your revenue operations, in many cases, depending on your sales cycles, you need to realize your quarter is in many, many cases already baked. Mm. Yeah, And maybe you have some wiggle room in the first half of the quarter, if you have like a, a month or two sales cycles, but usually there's really not much you can do. That doesn't mean you should be giving up. Uh, there's always things like um, uh, stuff stuck in legal, uh, stuff stuck in info security. Yeah. Some reps suddenly being sick or being fired or being out, and the pipe needs to be picked up. Any kind of bottom funnel tricks uh, that the CRO, you or whoever can come up with to kind of help and support the VP of sales. So really, your problem set will very much center around the bottom part of the funnel. Mm. If you if you can and if you have that option, 
Are there any things on the super short term area that you can, you know, pull, pull a leave on and, you know, try and achieve something? Uh, for me, it always has been spiffs. Yeah. Always. I think it's a it's a habit I picked up in the US and, and then brought it. I mean, we used it globally, but, you know, I feel we brought it to, to the MIA folks, actually. And you can do spiffs around. I'm not sure what spiff again stands for, but it's a sales performance improvement incentive FF, something. FF. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's basically kind of you say like, okay, uh, the one who books the next meeting gets a hundred bucks, yeah, uh, or the one who books the most meetings this week gets two hundred bucks, or whatever it might be. So that kind of stuff for SDRs works wonders. Uh, and those kind of spiffs you should totally deploy early in the quarter especially when you're starting to see on your daily review that, oh, oh my, my opportunities are not, not starting to hit where I actually need to hit, mm. right? Um, and especially early in a quarter, you want to very much avoid that because that might still impact your current ongoing quarter. So make sure with some space to maybe get these SDRs or even the MDRs uh, to book some more meetings, right? Later on, um, you know, folks do a lot of, a lot of space for AEs. It's really... I found it's really hard to cut through the noise there sometimes. I yeah. think you can do something around them, you know, self-prospecting, but it's it's such a it's so easy to game. Mm. So I always try to stay away from it. And if it's if you then do it around not the meeting opportunity being being booked, but something later stage and it's like, ah, you know, that you don't have that the, the immediacy to it. So I always struggled with this. Um and even doing a spiff for later stage stuff in a pipeline, um, you know, if someone has a great idea, please please DM me or something. But uh, I always have struggled to come with good stuff that had a felt impact, right? So when you do it on the SDR level, people are crazy. So sometimes I had I had one guy uh, book two meetings while he was at a wedding, not yeah. his, <laughs> but at a wedding, right? So it's like um, the people, you know, that that can actually work. Yeah. Um, and then again, you know, look into discounts, look into executive sponsorship on those late stage deals make sure that the legal team is staffed for the last two weeks of the quarter at least make sure yeah. that info security is there all of these things need to just be as smooth as possible because otherwise you will push them over the line and you have deal slippage mm. um and, and that usually then means it's, it's another form of revenue leakage yeah okay so this quarter there's some limits for what you can do mm. and um and i think if you do see a problem here coming up um, first of all, you should have flagged it already. Mm. Otherwise, if you see only a, a problem coming out early in the quarter, yeah. then you know you're gonna land within five to ten percent, ideally. Um, and otherwise, if if everything is hinging on a big deal, I think you should proactively talk about that this deal is really important. Mm. Um, and and those are all things that help to build trust and um, and confidence in you from you know the your boss basically, yeah. which makes you a little bit less fireable, right? So if you come at the end of the quarter and say like, hey, we really need this deal to come in and it didn't happen and now we're like 40% short, yeah. that's not great news, right? And actually, uh, if you're not the CRO or the revenue leader in this scenario, but below, mm. the pro move is still to follow this process. No, absolutely. And flag these things. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, but so this is this quarter. Yeah. And I think this is where... Many, 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 many CROs stop. And I think this is what's leading uh, them to get fired real quick uh, because they hyper-focus on this quarter mm. and kind of forget that there is something after this quarter. And it makes sense. I think in many cases, it's also burned into them mm. uh, through 
decades of sales leadership. Yeah. Uh, this is still where many CROs are coming from. It's like, well, I need to hit my number, and my number is this quarter. Number, yeah. Right. And of course, you have you have different flavors. Enterprise VPs, uh, sales, they they think about the end of the year anyway because mm. that's the timeline for everything. But you know, talking mid market and and maybe a little bit up of this, there's always a hyper focus around this quarter and. And to be honest, this should be with your VP of sales or the VP of sales team that you have. They should be focusing on that. Mm. If you as RevOps or CRO spend too much on this quarter, I think you are. Um, I think you have a, either problem VP leadership, or you just have a really shitty quarter coming. Yeah. Up, right. So, which then means you should daily have a look also onto next quarter. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the cool thing about this is the the problem set will shift. Yeah. Um, you will not be thinking about is legal around. You will not be thinking about, you know, is there anything in, in the pipeline that needs executive sponsorship, blah, blah, blah. Those won't be topics that are top of mind for you. What you will be hyper focusing on is your funnel and how your funnel is operating. And are there are you hitting the funnel targets that you need to hit mm. today in order to hit the revenue target that you want to hit by the end of next quarter, right? And really this battle for next quarter is won or lost today, yeah. right? And and I think that that realization, everyone has that theoretical in their head, right? Mm. Every, everyone knows, oh yeah, no, sure, I totally need to do this. I think what uh, many, many are lacking are uh, daily reminders that also that needs to be managed because you have your forecasting tool, you have your pipeline management tool, you're kind of so focused on this number but some of the other pieces, they're kind of not that clear, right? And it's mm. like, are we doing good on opportunities? Maybe, maybe not, right? And and, and having a daily focus on this is, is extremely important. Obviously, you wouldn't be bringing those things up daily, uh, but you would bring them up in, in, in your weekly sessions, right? And again, here, um, the, the, the problems for, um, you know, the problem sets you're going to be focusing on on the one end side for your inbound stream, is sure that you have some tactical ad spend stuff to do. Um, maybe there's, um, I don't know, maybe there's a big campaign going out or something like that. Mm. Um, I think on the uh, outbound side, it will be about hiring. Do you have the right people in their seats? And to a degree, even this quarter is almost a little bit too late. Yeah. Right? To a degree, even that is too late. So, but still kind of, this is, this is really, uh, th those will be the things you need to be focusing on. Um, and less so all of the other stuff. You you know, depending on your sales cycle, even pipeline might not be so super important to mm. you, right? And those are basically then things, if you have a, sorry, if you have a partner, uh, if you have a kind of a partner process, there, there might be things where like, hey, we need to onboard more partners, or yeah. we need to kind of do X, Y, and Z. You, you need to do a bunch of boring stuff that you need to get done in order to prepare next quarter. And I recently talked to a RevOps guy of like, a, I think a 500 million, uh, AR company and and for him it was like almost everything that doesn't have a dollar signed to it is a vanity metric and I yeah. was like hey hey um, I understand and you know what I understand that the CFO and your CEO also think like that that's totally fine um, but uh, first of all that's not the definition of a vanity metric don't want to go into this but number two yes there are things in the funnel that you need to hit in order to make sure that you can hit you know a specific quarter coming up right yeah um, so and those would be the things you're you're aiming for and, and working on uh, in order to make sure that next quarter is not an, an issue. The wonderful thing is if you see things coming up uh, that will Im, you know impair your ability to hit target next quarter, you can start flagging it now. 
Yeah. Which also means when you then set target for next quarter, uh, you have then the ability to, you know, adjust it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're CRO, you won't be able to adjust it for your own comp plan. You know, that that's that's done. Yeah. But you might be able to adjust the, the company target a little bit to, you know, keep the winning uh, habit up and, and the good vibes. And also it makes you a little bit harder to get fired because everyone thinks we're hitting target all the time. So <laughs> why, did, why did the CEO get sacked? That doesn't make any sense, right? No. Um, so and I think those, those are kind of tricks um, that you should be thinking about in order to make sure you're preparing the way for next quarter. But so even though you might be looking at this quarter and next quarter, there are going to be cases where this quarter stinks and next quarter also doesn't look great. Yeah. And at some point, you know, I guess you will become fireable if that keeps keeps happening, right? So yeah. how do you balance in this scenario, right? So so you have two problem sets. You have this quarter and next quarter. How should you as a revenue leader then approach, you know, that such a scenario if that was the case? Yeah, so first of all, if you if you do a bit of a rough cut here, this quarter is your VP of sales, next quarter is your VP of marketing. Yeah. Right? So you have two sets of different resources focusing on those different areas. So it's not like you need to, you know, divert resources to go from one battle to the other. I think you can work on both of them at the same time. And I think as as CEO, it depends also where your where your strength is. If if you're good at helping uh, some of those deals jump over the line in the end and go and maybe spend your time there. I think I myself have always been trending towards trying to fix next quarter instead mm. uh, because that's where I felt real impact can still be had, right? Because otherwise you're going to be the, okay, I'm going to stay this quarter because my magic hand can fix it yeah. uh, to get it over the line. And then guess what you're going to be doing next quarter? Yeah. You know, it's going to be again your magic hand to fix it. And um, and and we all know uh, it's not it's not going to work out sustainably, right? So at some point this is going to crumble, um, and then usually it crumbles really uh, really heavily. Yeah. Um, so those are you know we said three things. Oh yeah, I wonder um, what. The third so is. this is one and two. You yeah. know, this quarter, next quarter. The third one is the year, and I think many people completely forget about the year. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> And and the reason is, uh, the reason is, and this is confusing, and the CFO and CEO doesn't think at all is confusing. But as CEO and RevOps, you might be thinking it's confusing. This quarter, next quarter, they usually numbers that you need to hit, right? In terms of, okay, you walk into this quarter, you start at zero, now you need to get to a, a new number. If you overperformed last quarter, do you get a benefit for this quarter? No. No, no. If you do 120% last quarter, your target will still be what it was, you mm. know, before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, if you underperform last quarter, like 80%, will you now need to perform 125% this quarter? Also, no. It's it's usually, what can we do, right? It's usually kind of a flow number. Yeah. You know, uh, what's the process leading up to this thing? The year, though, the year is always measured in an actual revenue number that, that doesn't that doesn't change however you however yeah. you operate. So if you are starting to create a gap uh, in one or the other direction, uh, that gap will carry through. Yeah, it will not carry through through the next quarter as you know it does somewhat still anyway. Mm. Um, but for the end of the year, uh, that gap will will come back and and haunt you. Um, and um, 
especially because this is this is what uh, the board will be looking at, the CFO will be looking at, the CEO will be looking at. You know, hitting targets is kind of a high five and feel good moment, mm. but at the end of the day, it's actually going to be the revenue number that you achieve, right? And you know, no surprise, and depending on your size, that revenue number will be largely depending on your customer base. Mm. So there's there's all kinds of different uh, aspects at play, right? And the and the problem with this is uh, you need to, uh, first of all, you know, work on some of the longer term stuff leading up to this, but you also will need to realize that, uh, ah, okay, we missed Q2, Q3 is a bit soft, and Q4, I think, will be, will be okay. You can hit Q4, but you might still get fired for drastically missing the year, yeah. right? And having having that duality in mind, I think, is, is pretty important. And, you know, what is it that you should be focusing on for the year? Obviously, if next quarter and the year is both Q4, then, you know, uh, you know that's, that's a little bit of a different thing. But generally speaking, all your bigger plays, all your bigger bets throughout the year, they will usually try and aim towards the year end and not towards the current quarter, right? Mm. So uh, the easiest one, biggest revenue leakage usually comes from uh, bad hiring, late hiring, yeah. the late hiring, all of that stuff then it won't be your marketing campaigns, but it will be bigger plays on the marketing side. Uh, whatever you might have planned to do, uh, they usually fully accumulate then in Q4 because when you when you, when you you plan the year, let's put it all into the end of the year so yeah, we have yeah. some time before some of that stuff hits. And um, I think then there's also things like uh, product releases and your assumptions and everything. Most of that stuff, if it has been planned for before and didn't happen, it will still accumulate towards your year end and will then have an impact there, right? Yeah. And I think one way to help you get out of this is to stay at least uh, verbally in control and be able to pinpoint and tell to your uh, to the folks around you and say like, those are the reasons why we're lacking behind on the annual target, right? Yeah. And ideally, ideally you want to be able to point at things like, oh, the CFO put like a conversion rate improvement of you know five percent in here. Well, I don't know where he had this number from in the first place, but we didn't we didn't get to achieve it. Or, hey, we wanted to have an ACV increase mm. um, because we released another piece of product. Well, we didn't release the, another piece of product, and we didn't have the ACV increase. Yeah. So, you know, you ideally you want to be able to uh, not completely evade whose whose fault it was, yeah. but you want to have a bit of tracking going on to at least clear your back just a little bit. Um, because as a revenue leader owning the full number, you're you're kind of dependent on all the other pieces in the organization going well mm. for you to then be able to deliver the the number on time. It's a little bit so we're doing sometimes some house house uh, renovations, mm. and I talked to the painter there, and he was like, you know, Tony, the painter always gets fucked, and it's like I don't understand that. Well, the thing is, you know, when you have a big house project, right? I mean, the walls need to get built electricity needs to go in, all the other things that I don't have a clue about needs to happen. Mm. What happens at the very end? The paint job. Yeah. Right? Kind of paint needs to get on. But, you know, while the start point is clear and the end point is clear, everyone has their own little delays. Yeah. And then the painter is like, you have two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a little bit like with a with a CRO in that case, right? The the product needs to work yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. The economy needs to work out. Uh, HR needs to hire all the right people, you know, depending on, you know, whether you own this marketing needs to do the right thing and, and so forth. 
all of this is squeezed then towards the end of the year and you know the the revenue number a lot of things need to go your way for the CEO to have you know hands in the air and kind of celebrate um and uh, and I think um while while not pushing blame away yeah. but at least being clear on why something was missed I think that can help you uh, retain your job I also recall we had a very strict focus on just the commercial projects when working to make sure that they were actually being delivered and if there were challenges we you know we and you knew about it so we could act accordingly right and that's really what you're saying you you know you maybe want to avoid everything squeezing into Q4 by then actually monitoring the plan throughout the year yeah and i think the you will have smaller stuff going on and then you will have bigger bats mm. And really the bigger bats usually arise from a gap that you determine already at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And you realize, okay, we're gonna have a one million AR gap, a five million AR gap, whatever, whatever the number's gonna be for you. And then you're gonna sit there and be like, okay, we can't hire more people because we are out of budget already. We can't tweak some of those uh, assumptions even further because I feel uncomfortable with them already. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, what could we do? Then you have this typical, okay. CRO calls all the VPs into a room for maybe a weekend. Uh, and then everyone's okay, what could we actually be doing? You come up with all kinds of fantastic stuff. And uh, and the way the way I've been operating this was basically by saying, okay, each of the bats needs to at least have a chance by it on itself to close the gap. Yeah. Now I'm not so sure if this is the 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 smartest way to go about it, but that's kind of how we actually did it. Um, and then we ended up with, uh, I think, four bats that each could deliver a million or two million by the end of the year, which was actually kind of a fairly big number. But I think it's, you know, while we hit in the end, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if this is the, the golden nugget to drop here. <laughs> um, because it's, it, I think what people generally don't understand or don't fully see is it pulls a lot of focus away from all the other crazy stuff you need to do yeah. also. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's always the, ah, okay, we don't have more... Uh, budget, aka more resources, but for some reason we believe that in everyone's brains there was still some slack capacity that we can tap into, and then they kind of do that stuff, right? And and the the uh, you know usually it's just not true, right? And yeah. I even see it in some of our customers. It's really a okay. We need to push. We need to get to this thing. Uh, they add some more projects, some more stuff that they want to do, and I would without fully being in it, I would even say that. By adding more stuff, they decrease the chances of the standard, yeah. quote unquote, uh, you know, revenue motions to hit the expected target. And uh, obviously, the special stuff doesn't, it's way more risky in the first place. So I would even say that adding more of those crazy stuff, uh, crazy projects on top, I think you even decrease your chance to even get to the, uh, or, you know, the, the standard number, so to speak, to begin with, right? Mm. So, would be super careful with that. And um, also uh, in that sense, right, and it's almost like a little bit of a planning topic in that sense, also uh, making sure you communicate where the risks and gaps are in the plan to yeah. begin with. But, you know, that's planning less so less on the execution side. I mean, there's a bunch of other episodes we could attach on to this, but mm. I think as a, frame of, as a framework to follow and, you know, not, you know, you don't get unfireable by just looking at next quarter, obviously, right? We've walked through a couple of steps you can take and ideas for how to approach them. But I guess the, the bottom line idea for, for what you're delivering here is, well, there's going to be problems. There's going to be opportunities. And that's why you need to shift the time frame. Yeah, and and it allows you to communicate with a bit of a heads up. Mm. Uh, if you, if you rem reduce the amount of surprise yeah. 
it's it's really good. You know, some of those bad news being delivered over time and drip, 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 drip. Yeah, is a different thing than you know one big bucket of water. Mm. Um, and uh, and and that will lead to the folks around you trusting also your judgment. Right? Yeah. Um, so I can um, uh, from from that perspective, kind of those two things, kind of keep this in mind, right? You know, this quarter, what can you do about it? Next quarter, what do you need to do about it? This year, what do you need to do about it? And then as you see problems arise, tackle them. And if you can't tackle them, communicate about it. There you go. Solid advice, as usual. As <laughs> usual. <laughs> We're full of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. No, but this is good stuff. Uh, I also like this approach because it's not just necessarily tied to a CRO. Mm. Like we talked a bit about in the beginning, anyone can actually follow this uh, and pull some pro moves, which is pretty cool. There's obviously a bunch of other advice that can be followed, uh, but I think this is a different take, uh, let alone an important one. That's what it is. Mikkel, thank you so much. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, listener. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.